We have this week and two more weeks in the book of Colossians. Next week is Father's Day, and because of all of you wives, um, I'm going to preach on household relationships next week. Not because it's Father's Day, but because it is the next passage that is in front of us, and it just so happens that it is Father's Day. But today, we are going to finish our look at the first half of Colossians 3 as we look at our identity, identity in Christ. Next week, we will look at household relationships, and then we will come that following week, and we will close out the book of Colossians. Listen as I read the first 17 verses in Colossians 3. As I read it, I want you to to see and to hear just a couple of things that we'll look at, we'll emphasize out of the Word. The first is there's some some things that we need to take off. We saw that last week in verses 5 down through verse 11. Going to reread that for us this morning, but there's also some things that we need to put on, and that is our focus this morning. And here's what Paul writes to those at Colossae He states this If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. Pause for a second. What he's saying to those at Colossae, what he's saying to you and me, if you are a Christian, if that is how you define yourself, if that's who you are, if that's something that you not just have done, but that you have become, because Christianity is a relationship with Christ. If that's who you are, folks at Colossae, if that's who you are, River Bend, then your mind and my mind need to be on the things above, not on the things that are here. Your mind needs to be set. You need to be seeking these things. And then he goes on how to do that. How do you do that? Thank you for asking. Here's what he states. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these, you too once walked when you were living in them. But now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, having, uh, excuse me, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is no Greek, Jew, Circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free. But Christ is all and in all. So not only do we have to put off, but listen to verse 12. Put on then as God's chosen ones, 
holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And those at Colossae and those at River Bend today, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I bow before You, and God, I ask over the next few moments that You would allow Your Word to penetrate our hearts and our minds, our whole lives, that we would understand that You have spoken this to us. You have given this. This is a gift from You to every individual today. Father, we need to hear from you even if we don't necessarily think that is the case. We need to hear from you, our Father. And so I ask that you would speak. You would allow your word to enter into our ears, into our mind, allow us to think and allow us to grasp what you have for us today. Father, it is uh, for this that we come to worship you, to hear from you, to sit at your feet. That our lives when we leave might be different because you change hearts and lives. And so we ask that you would meet with us, that you would speak, and Father, we would leave change. We ask it in Christ's name. Amen. Last week we looked at the topic of, of funerals and that those things must happen. Often those things must happen continuously in your life and my life if we are to be where Christ desires us to be. We must put to death those things that are earthly in us. And we saw those. We talked about how you and I do that. We do that through repentance. Understanding where we are, whose we are, and what he says about those actions, about those words, about those thoughts that we do that we're not supposed to or those that we aren't doing that he has called us to do we must confess and repent those of those things 
Today there's a positive side to that, and it's in verses 12 down through verse 17. And he says, you and I need to put these things on. The new self. Putting on the new self is commanded and needed for our best to come about. There's not a person here today. There is not. There is not a person here today that does not want the best for themselves. You want the best for yourself. I want the best for myself. There's not a person in their right mind that is here today that if there were two cars right up here up front, I don't know how we'd get them in, but if there were two cars right here, one is a 1963 Corvair. It's a Chevy Corvair. It is a nice car. It's in mint condition. And a 1963 Chevy Corvette. There's not a right person in their mind. It's in their right mind who would take the Corvair over the Corvette. Both of them have two doors. Both of them have racing stripes on their tires. But I'm telling you, the Corvair is worth $11,000 in mint condition and the Corvette is worth over one hundred and fifty dollars to $200,000 in mint condition. And if you're in your right mind, you want the best. There's not a person here today, if given the chance, the choice, excuse me, not the chance, of a... USDA prime ribeye steak. Cook just how you want it. Juicy. Steaming hot. That you wouldn't choose that over a piece of tough flank steak that was just hard as leather. You want what's best. I want what's best. The problem is what you and I think is best for ourselves often is not what's best. Paul writes to those at Colossae. God speaks to those at Colossae and he says, here is what is best. I have given you my son. Put on the new self. Not the old self. You've got to take that off. Verses 5 down through 11, and you must put on the new self. The goal of the Christian life is Christ. What you and I often say is this. Thank you for saving me for eternity. But I'll take Monday and I'll do it my way. Thank you for paying the price for my sin, but I'll take Saturday and I will live it how I want to live it. But truly, if the goal of the Christian life, if the goal of Christianity and that relationship with Christ, you and I have stated as we bowed the knee, as we confessed with our mouth, I can't do it on my own. The outcome of life, the way that I'm doing it, my way is death. Knowing this, that Christ is best, not just for eternity, but for today, Paul wrote to those at Colossae and he said, all right, here's some things that need to be in your life. 
some of the things that need to be in your life are these things. Kindness, humility, meekness, patience, forgiveness, love, and peace. And one down there at the end that he just adds on, he says, and be thankful. I could go in so many different ways, and I'm not going to run those tangents. And putting on the new self for you and for me, you and I need to understand something has to happen. Death has to happen so that life can come about. It starts this way. When a young man or a young woman enlists into one of the... um, places of service, one of those units of service, whether it's the Army, whether it's the Air Force, the Navy, the Coast Guard, the Marines, when, when that person enlists into service, here's what happens. They go and tell their mom and dad what they did, and they then get on, come to the place, the recruiting office, wherever it is, they get on a bus, they get on a plane, they are then carted to this place where there is something called basic training. And what they do at basic training is this, they allow that young man or that young woman to die. They allow them to die in such a way, they tear them down in such a way so that they might build them up so that when they get on the battlefield, it is ingrained in them that they will react a certain way. Why? Because they need everyone to react the same way so that they can know what the best outcome of that battle is and how to win that battle. It starts in basic training. They continue their training. The same needs to take place in your life and in my life. You and I need to put to death those things that are of this world and we need to put on the new self, those things that are of God, so that when we're going through this life, we will react the way that Christ desires for us to act. That continual training, that continual training in the field is what brings about how you and I will respond when trials and tribulations come about. You and I will go through trials. You and I will find ourselves in the heat of the battle in this life, whether it's with the boss, with the spouse, with the child, with ourselves. And Paul understood it. He passes it along to those at Colossae who find themselves persecuted, who in the coming months and years will find themselves being imprisoned and even killed and martyred for their faith. And he is now 
trying to get them to understand. And I'm trying to get myself and for us to understand. Here are some things that must be put on. It is not an if you want this to happen. It is a command. Verse 12, put on then compassionate hearts. Put on kindness. Put on humility. Put on meekness. Put on patience. It is an imperative in the Greek. It, that is just to say that it is commanded for you and me to put on this new self. If that's who you are, if you are a Christian, if I am a Christian, then I must start living like it. The characteristics, the attributes of who Christ is, they are shown as you and I live out this new life. We're commanded to put on the new self. In Galatians chapter 2, verse 19 and 20, Paul put it this way to those at Galatia. He says these words. For through the law, I died to the law so that I might live to God. I have, this is Paul, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh... I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul understood. The life he lived because he, some spot outside of Damascus one day when he was going into Damascus to bring persecution to Christians who were there, who were expanding, they were sharing their faith, and and the body, the, the movement, the way was growing, and he was going there to stop it. Outside of Damascus, he met Jesus. And from that moment on, he no longer lived, but Christ lived in him. It changed his life. The rest of his days, no longer was he the one that was going to persecute. He was the one that was being persecuted. It changed his eternity. Because he accepted Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord of his life. He now rules and reigns with Christ. Jesus stated it this way in John chapter 15. Verses 1 through 8, as he states this, I am the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that doesn't bear fruit, he takes it away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. He cuts it back. Why? That it, the branch, you and me, might bear more fruit already. You're clean because the word which I've spoken to you. Abide in me. Live there. Dwell in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he 
it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. You see the importance. It's it's not that you can't do anything. You you and I can do a lot of stuff. But that lot of stuff that you and I do outside the vine, outside of Christ, it accounts to zero. If anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away like a branch and withers and the branches are gathered, they're thrown into the fire, and they're burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. There are things that you and I need to put on. It is the new self. It is the Christ. Life. Second and finally this morning is this. The new self that you and I are to put on, it shows off the characteristics of Jesus. This really is the case of the now and not yet. The now. You and I as Christians, we have been buried with Christ. And we have been raised with Christ because with Christ we were crucified. We were crucified to our sin. We were crucified to self. And with Him, in Him, we have died. We have been buried and we have been raised. Romans chapter 8 verse 28 and following says, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. Those who are called according to His purpose... For those whom He foreknew, God foreknew, He predestined. That means He predetermined what your outcome, my outcome was going to be. That it was going to be conformed to the image of His Son in order that He might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom He predestined, He also called. And those whom He called, He also justified. And those whom He justified, He also glorified. You see that continual line right there? Those that he foreknew, he also glorified. There's no stop in any one of those. It has occurred. He foreknew you, he predestined you, he called you, he justified you, and he also glorified you. That is the now, but you and I aren't living that out. That's the aspect of the not yet. On one sense or in one sense, or another. You and I are justified. We are looked at as if you and I have never sinned, but we're also glorified. So what does that mean today? A couple of passages and a comment or two, and I close. James wrote it this way. In James chapter 2, he said, So also faith by itself, if it doesn't have works, it's dead. Someone of you will say, You have faith and I have works. Show me your your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. What does it mean today? What it means today is this, that you and I are to live this out 
it is to be your identity. Because here's who you are as uh, a son or a daughter of the king. You and I need to understand this. Your royalty. I know some of you don't look like that, and I know I don't look like that, but that's who we are. Your identity has a number of different layers. Let's talk about my identity for just a moment. Not that I like to talk about myself, because I don't, but I don't want to put you on the spot just yet. A part of my identity is this, that I'm an American. A part of my identity is this, that I am a dog lover, that I am a cat hater. A part of my identity is that I enjoy meat and donuts. I enjoy sports. A part of my identity is that I am husband to Paige. I am father to Nathan and Mary Morgan. That I am a pastor, a preacher, a Christian. There are a number of layers of who I am. Now, if donut lover is the most foundational layer of who I am, something is majorly wrong with me. The way that you and I see ourselves, the way that you and I see others, as their identity of who they are is this. And as you and I grow in Christ, as we are living out meekness, patience, humility, having compassionate hearts, showing kindness, as we are loving, as we are forgiving, as we are patient, as we are thankful, all that is showing is that you and I that identity of us being Christ, living that out, is not on the surface. It is all the way down here at the foundation of who we are. What that is, is you and me maturing. Now, we're not judge. So there's no way that you're supposed to go around and say, you know what, Brian is more passionate about North Carolina than he is about Christ. Well, he's just not a mature Christian. Well, Brian is more passionate about loving dogs than loving others. He is more passionate about hating cats than loving people. He is more passionate about this. You, you and I aren't judge. He's judge. But the way you and I are to live, others look at and they say, you know what? That guy right over there, and they're pointing at me with their eyes, if not their finger. That guy right there, he, there's something wrong about him. He always wears some light-colored blue. He always has a North Carolina hat on. He always talks with this twang in his voice. We are not, I'll give you a laugh, we are not foundationally rednecks. We are foundationally royalty. Live like that. in you, in me, the hope of glory. If you were to go to the house and you were to take out a sheet of paper, 
And on that sheet of paper, you were to start writing down, line by line, who you are. What's your identity? How long would it take you to start writing things down and truthfully writing these things down that you are one who has a compassionate heart? You're one who has a compassionate heart for those that don't look like you. You're one who has a compassionate heart for those that don't smell like you, that don't talk like you, that don't like the things that you like. How long would it be when you were writing down your identity that it would say something to the effect of that you were humble, that you were meek, that you were patient, that you were kind? When you and I are growing in our faith, in our relationship, those things would kind of bubble to the top of the list, which would mean that they would be the foundational layers of who we truly are. It really doesn't matter if you're an American or not, if you are a Democrat or a Republican or an independent, it really does not matter if you like Mississippi State or Ole Miss or any other team. It really doesn't matter if you like this four-legged thing over that four-legged thing, if it has scales or fur. It really doesn't matter. What matters is that you and I would obey our Father when He has commanded us put on these things. Put on these things so that Monday at the coffee pot or the water cooler, this type of talk will come out of you. Put on these things so that when the heated debate about the financial status of your checking account is zeros and even negatives, so that this will come out. Instead of what Brian Tillman wants to come out. Put on the new self. So that you really just won't open your mouth and slander somebody. You really won't have malice toward another. You really... Don't even have to bite your tongue. When the opportunity to gossip. Why? Because you love. You love the way Christ loves. Sacrificially, totally, wholly. Heavenly Father. Or we could look at the list of do's and don'ts. But it's not a list that you prefer. There are examples. Yes, there are. But Father, above everything else, the problem with me and the problem with us is a heart relationship. of Not being in the right standing with you. God, you, you've commanded me to do a number of things through your word. One of those is that I must die. If I'm going to follow you, 
If I'm going to come to you, I must come on your terms, that I must follow you. And in the ability to do that is that I must die to self. I must take up my cross. And then daily I can follow you. Father, you've called me to put off the old self, the things of this world, and put on the new self. God, it's not a, an easy thing, but it's something that you have commanded us to be about and to do. So, Father, as we reflect on this, as we respond, we come to this time of, of response and invitation. Lord, would you continue bring clarity of this your word of putting things to death and of bringing things and putting things on that are characteristic of who you are church as you are reflecting we are about to stand and we are about to sing but I need you to understand this. This is not just so your behavior or my behavior would, would be made better. This is a life change. Death and life. It is all about a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you don't know Jesus today, would you come and let me talk to you? Let me introduce him to you. He desires for you and for me to obey. Whatever he's calling for you to do, whatever he is impressing on your heart to do, maybe it's, I just need to spend some time with him right now. I need to go and find a, a brother or a sister that... I've wronged or they've wronged me and I need to ask forgiveness or I need to give forgiveness. He wants you to obey. It's an opportunity for you and for me to do just that. Let's stand, let's sing, and respond to our Father.